Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Ryan Sterling. Ryan, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. I love it. Let, let's do this. Ryan is a CFA. He is the founder and head wealth coach at Future You Wealth. He's a speaker, a podcaster, and the author of You're Making Other People Rich, Save, Invest, and Spend with Intention. Excited to have you on. Ryan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. So I have uh, been in the wealth management business going on, uh, gosh, it's almost two decades now, which is crazy to say. Yeah. And you know, I have to say, I, uh, I kind of fell into wealth management. It's one of those things when I graduated college, uh, I thought I wanted to be an investment banker. Uh, but I had no clue what an investment banker actually did. So that was another way of saying that I wanted to be in financial services. And just through you know random connections and interviews, ended up, you know, my first job just happened to be in wealth management. And it was actually really well suited for me. Um, I have uh, certainly a technical side of, of my brain. I like numbers. Um, but at the same time, I grew up in very much a, a client service family in that my parents owned a bakery outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it was one of those where I spent a lot of time working behind the counter, um, working with the clients. And I really liked it. So the, you know, the fact that wealth management, again, that I fell into it, and it just perfectly suits the quantitative side of my brain, but also just my interest in people and like, like and I like to work with individuals, not necessarily institutions. Um, it was one of those where, again, that's just that's just grace. It just it just kind of fell into my lap, and it's it's I've I've never looked back. Um, I spent the bulk of my time working at some of the larger firms in the industry. Uh, worked at Goldman Sachs, worked at a large investment firm called Alliance Bernstein, and I worked in the uh, high net worth group of the large investment firm Capital Group. And I would say that the typical client that I worked with at those firms would be considered high net worth or ultra high net worth. And you can define that in a lot of different ways, but let's just say, you know, a million to five million in investable assets and above. And while that's all well and good, you know, I just, I started to notice over the last couple of years that more people in my network, you know, people who were in the wealth building stage of their career, but didn't have five million to invest, uh, were coming to me for advice. At the same time, I was given an opportunity to write an article in Business Insider uh, about how to build wealth. And it was a it ended up being a really popular article. And the feedback that I got from people was, this, oh, this is so helpful. How can I work with you? And ultimately, just the fact that I had so many people who wanted to work with me who didn't really have a place to go necessarily. I felt that there was a lot of white space in the industry. So I ended up leaving to start my own firm. Future You Wealth, where today I work with a much broader part of the population, and and I'm loving it. So I would say that my, I don't really have a stated minimum necessarily, um, but I would say my typical client right now is is usually somewhere between fifty to a million dollars in investable assets, and someone who's very much in the wealth building stage of their life and career. Nice, I appreciate that. It's it's always cool to hear somebody's uh, journey, be it starting a, a bakery or a financial practice <laughs> of some kind. I think that's cool. 
Um, so we were having a conversation about some ins and outs of the Midwest, and I just have to ask: a bakery outside of Milwaukee are 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 you the family behind Kringle? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we 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 are not. No, it's uh, it's a it's a bakery that's focused on European style breads. Nice. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. <clears throat> so it, it, it's super interesting. You you are a CFA, and that's as number driven as possible. Like I I, I, I can't even imagine a, trying to attempt that designation because I, I'm just it, it just is what it is. So I'm I'm always I'm always impressed by that. And then working at the Goldman Sachs of the world, and that is you know I think when people think about big financial institutions, that's probably the biggest one that comes to mind. And then mm-hmm. having this, for lack of a better term, sort of an enlightenment and recognizing, well, there's a lot of other people that 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 that, that could really benefit from this, and I seem to have a knack for it because people are coming to me asking me questions about it. Um, do you feel like you're 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 in your sweet spot? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And you know it's funny because you know it, I. Yeah, I am a CFA. Again, I do have a technical side of me. You know, that said, I think more and more over the years, I've realized, and, and part of this just is, is in using myself as a case study, that when it comes to managing money for, for people, and I don't care if you're a high net worth person, if you're someone with $30,000 and looking to make your first investment, um, I really think the investment side of this business is largely being commoditized. And I, I find that what's holding people back isn't necessarily lack of technical expertise. It's more the soft side of it. It's actually more of the people's relationship with money and understanding, you know, how to add more intention to the process of saving, you know, the importance of making a transition from being a consumer of stuff to an owner of capital. And that's when I, I, I don't know if it's one of those things where, you know, once I kind of, you know, hit various milestones, I just got bored. But it was one of those things where I, I just was thinking about this. I'm like, you know what? Like the technical side of the business, that's not really doing it for me as much anymore. And I'm glad I have it. And I certainly lean on it on a, on a day-to-day basis. But that said, honestly, the investment side is largely, in my opinion, commoditized. And I don't see a lot of difference between, you know, what I can do for someone with, again, $30,000 versus someone with, you know, $3 million or $8 million. And again, again, I just, I, I got way more into the, let's help people who are having a tough time or who are at the very start of the wealth building journey, let's help them build wealth. Because at the end of the day, someone who has $8 million, it's kind of a set it and forget it portfolio, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate everything you just said. Um, and that was always kind of my suspicion is is if I were in your shoes during that time of working at these huge firms, doing great work for, for people who need help, I think I would still sort of feel like it was sort of vapid work, that I wasn't 100%. having this amazing impact. So That's right. I, I would joke about how... You know, so I'll take one of the firms I worked with, and you guess which one it is. That um, you know, you, we'd have a client meeting, and you have your, you know, army of people from from you know our side of the firm going to the meeting, and everyone is well, you know, well credentialized, and you know had uh, PhDs and you know whatever you want to call it. You have your statistician in the room, and you know we, we're presenting our models, and you know here's our sophisticated asset allocation model, and you know if you press this button, you get an optimized allocation. If you press this button, you launch a rocket to the moon, <laughs> and and ultimately it always came down to 6040. Mm. <laughs> and to me it was just like wow, like we're making such a theater out of this. When the reality of it is, 
it's it's basically was investing it's allocating 60 40 portfolios for super wealthy clients where again nothing i mean a lot of them were super nice people but i just wasn't really getting a lot of personal satisfaction out of it and to be honest with you like i i felt that we were way overpaid and I think that the investment, the wealth management industry is going to change a lot over the next 10 years. And I wanted to get in front of that. Yeah, nice. All right, so tell me about making the shift from being a consumer of stuff to an owner of capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It's when, when I talk to people about building wealth, it's as simple as own appreciating assets own the assets go up in value over time. Stop being just a consumer and be an owner. And I, again, part of this is just using my, myself as a case study. You know, I was the classic Henry, the high earner, not rich yet. Mm-hmm. In that I, every time I made an extra $100,000, I was spending an extra $110,000. And it was one of those where and, and I'm, I'm not unique in this, just getting caught in the cycle of consumption. That again, every time you make more money, it's an invitation to have more expensive clothes, have a bigger place, be a part of more expensive clubs, go to more expensive restaurants. And it, it's one of those where you think about, just as a society today, you know, it is, it is rigged for us to uh, consume in a completely mindless way. I mean, if you think about number one, most of us are just wired for instant gratification, <laughs> um, especially when you think about saving and investing and being an owner. You know, if, if you have a choice between buying a, a new car or a beautiful pair of shoes or something that's right in front of you and the alternative is saving for retirement, so retirement that might be in 15, 20, 30, 40 years even, the, the, the thing that's in front of you is gonna win all day long. So take the fact that we're just wired for instant gratification and now layer on top of that, that we have uh, just unbelievably, uh, retailers, marketers, I mean, the, the amount of sophistication they have and the amount of data they have on us to put the shiny thing in front of us on a day-to-day, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute basis, I mean, it is, it is as hard as it's ever been to make the shift from being a consumer to being an owner. And I, I, I looked at this, and again, I keep saying, I use myself as a case study, and I realized, and this actually came out of a conversation with a friend of mine who was starting a business and it was gonna be venture capital based, and he kept telling me that the venture capital firm is really focused on reducing the friction points between the customer and then people buying his product. Yeah. He, he just vents to me, he's like, gosh, I just I need to reduce the friction. <laughs> and that's when it hit me. I said, man, the friction is gone today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you think about the process of consuming, I mean, go back, I mean, decades ago, you know, if you wanted to buy something like a pair of shoes, you know, you had to, do you have cash on you? Yes or no? Okay, no, go to the bank, wait in line, get cash from a teller. They need to go to a store, you had to dig through inventory. Do they have what you want? Do they have your size? If no, go to another store. If not, go to another store. I mean, buying something like a pair of shoes could be a three to six hour event. Uh, and then with every passing decade, the friction has been reduced. You're talking about credit cards, easy pay solutions, online shopping. And today you can get an alert on your watch, press a button on your phone, and you can have 30 pairs of shoes delivered a day later with free shipping. Um, <laughs> the, the, the friction is gone. And this is a system that's been intentionally designed. So a big part of what I, I talk with my clients who are very much in the wealth building phase of their life is that we need to now intentionally add back the friction points between us and spending our money. And then with the savings, we need to acquire appreciating assets. We need to acquire the assets that go up 
in value over time. And you can get your share of the global market with very little money. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, number one, it's again, um, bringing about an awareness about how we're being exploited to consume and that the friction points are gone. And then number two, and I'm, I, I say this word very intentionally, uh, entitlement, uh, and I mean it in a good way, is it also giving people the entitlement that you should also be an owner of capital and an owner of, of stocks and an owner of the global market. I love it. And those are all, I mean, it's it's like, holy cow, the, the, the deck is really stacked against us and there are <laughs> such huge, smart, companies and people trying to do exactly what you just described, which is make it so easy for them to accept our money. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and I, that's why I call the book that, and we'll get into this in a second, I'm, I'm sure, uh, you're making other people rich. Because mm. at the end of the day, that's a conclusion that I came up with, is that if you are succumbing daily to the attack of brand messages, all you're doing is making somebody else rich. And that's really what it is, right? We, you are, and me, and everybody, as 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 you've said, we're we're all victim to this. We are succumbing daily to brand messages. Yep, yep. And and by the way, this is not this is not to say I, you know, I'm I'm not one of those people that says you know live off of twenty thousand dollars and you know live in the woods and, and don't spend <laughs> money. It's it's spend your money. I'm fine with spending money. I spend money on a day to day basis, but it's more about again adding those barriers, adding those friction points in place, and then bringing a certain amount of intention to it to say, you know, is this purchase number one necessary? Or number two is, is it getting me better to my, is it getting me closer to my best life? And if the answer is yes, then go for it. If the answer is no, then then don't and move on. Yeah. I, I think that that is, that, I think that and obviously you think it's super important too because you 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 wrote this book save invest mm-hmm. and spend with intention and that's living with intention is 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 frankly one of my core values and i talk about this all the time and cuz if if you're not you're just getting carried along without re- without recognizing it yeah yeah no it's funny i mean you know living i live in new york city and you know it's interesting i mean i and this, new york's not unique to this you get it in, in every city across the u.s and you know it's it's funny man we we so we talk about we're rigged for consumption you know we're also rigged for to be attached to things mm. and you know i call this the high achiever trap and you, again you see it all over the place where it's you know you do you you're a good student in high school then you go to college and you're a good student in college and then you know what do the good students in college do well you go to law school okay so now you're going to law school and you're taking on all this law school debts and uh you don't necessarily know why you went to law school you like the law and order again all the other high achievers <laughs> are going to law school so you went to law school okay and then you know what do the the highest achievers in law school do well because you have so much debt you need to get the 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 biggest bonus and paycheck so next thing you know you're a corporate attorney you're working 100 hour weeks and you're digging through documents all day long and then you get your paychecks continue to go up and you say you know what i'm i'm smart i'm successful you know what other smart and successful people are doing their um their kids are going to this private school they're living in this neighborhood they're they belong to these clubs they go to these restaurants they they engage in these activities okay i'm going to do that as well and next thing you know you wake up and you have an overhead that is more than you ever thought was even uh, like even in the realm of possibilities. And you say, wait a second, how did I become a corporate attorney in the first place? (laughs) And I see it all the time. I can think of someone I know who, uh, 
again, and, and I was very much this way until I, I had this epiphany and I was, I was able to, to break away. But I, I, someone I'm, I'm, I know, he, he is a corporate attorney. And he, every time I see him, he goes, and this is actually a, a story that happened not too long ago. He, uh, he saw me, he's like, oh man, he's like, I would love to do what you do. I would love to just own my own business and finally break away. Like, I really, I just hate being an attorney. And he works at one of the big shops. And I'm not even kidding you, less than five minutes later, he's showing me his brand new Mercedes mm. and it's $70,000 car, brand new. And he's like, oh, you know, I know I shouldn't buy a new car, but and I know it goes down in value, but you know, I needed to buy it because I, I, I now belong to this country club where a lot of like the partners at the mm. law firm belong to. And, and I had to show up in style. I had to impress them. It's like, so you spent $40,000 in club dues. You spent $70,000 on a new car to fit in with the people who work at a law firm that you absolutely hate. <laughs> it's like, it blows my mind. He's like, when, when you break it down like that, I need to recoil. <laughs> you're just giving me horrible anxiety, Ryan. And, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I feel my, my, my heart really does go out to people who are in the, who are in that situation. And unfortunately it's, it's this, it's this American tale and it's just all too common. Yeah. Uh, no, no question. It's, it's funny. Cause I feel like, his book is has been out for a little over a week now and I feel like the amount of and I didn't necessarily expect this I'm just getting a flood of, of notes both emails and direct messages on places like LinkedIn um, and a lot of them are actually from attorneys <laughs> yeah. saying I read your book and this is really uh, eye-opening and I don't want to beg on attorneys but how Same. many happy attorneys how many happy attorneys do you know that's the thing. I, and I, I feel bad. And by the way, a lot of my really good friends are attorneys. And uh, I have to say, I, I, I should mention in advance, uh, I apologize to all the attorneys out there because I pick on attorneys a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it very easily could have happened to me. I, I mm-hmm. graduated, Same. you know, undergrad, took the, um, the LSAT or whatever it is at this yep. point and could have done it. Could have done it, Ryan. Um, and that's, with 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 that person you were talking to i mean is it i guess it's on an individual basis are you ever just too deep you're just in too deep you you never man you're never in too deep and you know i i use my own personal story i mean this book is not my own personal story but but i use an example of myself um look it wasn't too long ago where you know i i was that guy very not not necessarily I didn't necessarily belong to the club yet but um but I was that guy mm. and had an overhead that was way above what I ever thought um was even possible 10 years before and I was making an income that I thought was impossible 10 years before and and here I was I was at my I made it number and I was as unhappy as ever mm. I wasn't financially secure um and I was dependent on this company that I was very much lukewarm on at best um, for my next paycheck and my bonus. And it was amazing to see when you get these bonuses where again, when I was 22 years old, I would have done a backflip. And not only I'm, I'm, I'm not doing a backflip at this point, I'm like desperate for it. Right. <laughs> and if it comes in a little bit below, I'm thinking like, how, how am I gonna make this work? <laughs> and so, so, so I was very much that person. And I will say that for, for people listening who feel that way and who feel trapped, um, this was not something that was an overnight change. This is something that took a lot of time. And I will say I gave myself about three years to dig myself out of the hole. Hmm. So the good news is if this is you, there is a path out, but it's about getting really intentional today. 
So, you know, I tell you, it's, um, you know, it's, it's not like my wife and I decided to live in poverty, um, but we, we got on the same page and, and ultimately, uh, you know, and I talk about this is, uh, defining what do you want, but add two constraints. Your wants can't be more money and they can't be material things. So really sit down and ask yourself, what do I want? What does my best life look like? But again, add those two constraints and start writing them down. And my wife and I ended up doing this and we realized that the life that we designed was as far as w- away from checking the boxes on these wants as, as one could be. And it was one of those moments where we said, okay, we really need to change things in a dramatic way. And one of the things that I wanted personally in both of us um, is to uh, be entrepreneurs and to be able to start our own business. Um, but of course that requires capital, that requires a little bit of a runway. So we very intentionally set out on this path for three years to say, um, we are going to be very good with saving money and we're gonna be very focused on this want and this goal that we wanna start our own business. Um, so again, I, I just can't stress enough, it, it is possible to unwind it, it just might take three to five years. Um, and it takes three to five years of being very smart, very intentional about it. I, you know, I can tell you there was one night uh, we, we were in the habit before of like just ordering out every night. And I mean, it could easily be a random Wednesday, $60 takeout bill sure. for very forgettable food. <laughs> and, it, and it was one of those things where I was like, wait a second, if it's forgettable, why don't we make something that's equally as forgettable? So I remember one night, this we were probably about a year and change into this and, and we were really starting to see money come in and we were, we were really repairing our balance sheet and we really, felt a sense of, okay, we were getting control over this. And I remember I was, I was cooking dinner and um, Shark Tank was on in the background. And it, Mark Cuban was saying something like, uh, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you need to be eating rice and beans two years before you become an entrepreneur. Mm. And here I am cooking rice and beans <laughs> like, nice. on, a, on a Wednesday night. And I said, okay, I'm in good company right now. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, Ryan, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, I, I think it's it's actually very much along the lines of what I just said, is that I, what I would do is, and I do this with clients all the time, and this is always so eye-opening for people. Um, what I'm about to say is not terribly shocking, but life moves really fast, especially as you get older. So if you're someone where you find just life is is moving faster than you would like, slow it down and the way you slow it down is write out everything that you want to accomplish in the next three to five years i'm talking about write down the places you want to travel to write down you know if 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 running a marathon is something that's on your list write it down if starting a business is something on your list write it down uh really think about what you want to accomplish in the next three to five years um you can even put together a vision board i know some people feel like that's hokey um it's actually crazy how it works and it's not because you necessarily manifest it, even though maybe there could be some of that in the universe, but it's more that you have daily reminders and you know what you're working towards. So again, write everything down. It could be a vision board. It could just be written down on a piece of paper, have reminders of it, and really be intentional about, and and, and don't waste time. Think about how can I make this happen? Again, if you want to travel to, Thailand and you never have and you want to do it make it happen in the next couple of years be really intentional about it because time moves fast and You don't want to waste it and Find yourself 30 years in the future still talking about all of these. Oh, I should have done this I should have done this I want to do this make it happen now. 
Well, like there's great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. That's awesome. You got to do the work. Um, yeah. And just, just, just get started. So I love it. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? How can they engage with you? Yep. So I would say the best place to engage with me, and this is all parts of my business, is uh, ryansterling.com. Uh, so my full name, R-Y-A-N-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G.com. That's where you can find uh, the book. Uh, I have an online course, 30 Days to Financial Peace. And that's for someone who is you know, very much in this cycle of consumption and they feel anxiety, unrest with money, and they want to figure out how to get out of it. Uh, so you can find that on ryansterling.com. And my firm, Future You Wealth, there's also a link to uh, my firm website, uh, Future You Wealth, uh, on ryansterling.com. Uh, the book, the best play to, place to get it besides going through my website, is just a link to Amazon. So you can go to Amazon, look up, you're making other people rich. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ryan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to ryansterling.com. Check out the online course, get a copy of the book, um, and also check out his firm, Future You Wealth. Thanks again, Ryan. Thanks, George. Enjoyed it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.